Hello, and welcome to the Dad Jeans Podcast. My name is Didon, and along with my co-hosts, Brian and Harris, each episode will try to unpack, examine, and discuss the DNA of healthy fathering. While all three of us are fathers, the road to fatherhood has been different for each of us. It's our hope that those differences and the perspectives they bring will only add to the conversation. Thanks for listening. All right, welcome back to Dad Genes, the podcast where we explore the DNA of healthy fathering. You know, as we were thinking about what we could do as a podcast episode, the idea of origin stories came across. And um, I thought it would be a good idea to give the listeners an idea of who we are, what we come from, and what makes us diverse as dads, and why we came together in the first place. So um, as the first of three parts of that origin story, Harris and Brian are going to be introducing interviewing me yeah are you ready man uh, i think so i think so in the hot seat hey man i'm, I'm ready I, I i'm here i know what i know and i don't what i don't indeed indeed we um i guess we should do a little bit of a check-in right okay yeah sure what's going on b what's been going on with you man hey man listen it's the holidays and it's been a, a wonderful 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 experience to be with family and friends and uh you know being back together with you guys and getting all of us centered and grounded um has has, has been great man so it's good to see you guys indeed indeed likewise what about you, man? How, how's Harris? How was how was the holidays? Holidays were good, man. I um, mess up a turkey. I, you know, I didn't even cook at all. <laughs> I didn't cook anything. <laughs> Did I cook anything? I made drinks. <laughs> I helped people through. Very nice. Very that nice. Very nice. Uh, that does count. It's sustenance. So here's what happened, though. I, uh, I have you know my baby girl, my youngest Stella. She. Um, was coming from dance. I had to use the bathroom real bad. So I had to help her. And if y'all know, dance means leotards and all of that. They need help. Man, I'm taking her down the steps. And I I start falling. I miss a step. And for the first time in my life when falling, I could not save myself. It was her and me. So I had to do this, you know, little turn and make sure she landed on my chest. And ankle went the other way. Oh, sacrifice yourself. Yeah, man. Appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. That's, um, that's that's fathering right there. So, yeah, I think that's official. Like, if there was one <laughs> last, you know, what was it? Uh, token or accomplishment. When you play a video game, achievement. Mm, okay. Daddy achievement. <laughs> broken ankle yes, yes. for your baby. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, man. It was it was a good Thanksgiving. Um, I got to sit down a lot. That's good. Well, I'm glad that you've mended and and, and you look to be in one piece. Hey, man. You didn't see my ankle. That's all I count, though. <laughs> yeah, top you, up. Top up. You also <laughs> discovered the art of fire. Yeah. I bought a fire pit, man. Actually, last night we just um we did hot dogs and uh, marshmallows. So okay. the fire, you know. Just um, you know, just trying to keep the girls from falling into it. You know, one of my babies is is uh, a little clumsy, like a moth to a flame. I get nervous. <laughs> that that, <laughs> get that daddy achievement is not going to have you yes. good for Monday. Yeah, <laughs> that one. Yes, yes. Uh, so yeah, no, I'm blessed, man. It's it's wonderful. It's wonderful. That's what's up. How about you, man? Uh, the holidays were good. Mom came in. Mom dipped out. That's that's her mo. Uh-huh. But um. This past week was interesting. Uh, Ella's mom is out of the country. She's actually flying back in as we speak. So Ella's been with me for 
I guess since the weekend, about a week. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's been good. It's It's been good. Um, one of the things that, as a co-parent, uh, allows me to, in my opinion, do it well is the fact that consistency is not my bag. Like, it's a sprint. It's hardcore today, give her back tomorrow, recharge your batteries. Hardcore tomorrow, but for a week, I had to have a different approach. And it was, it was uh, you know, we, 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 we tweaked the... The schedule a little bit. There was a lot of uh, breakfast in the car, but it, it worked out, and we made it through. Hey, man, listen. Um, I don't want to say I envy. <laughs> How do you approach that? <laughs> sure. I, in concept, I right. get what you're saying. <laughs> Enjoy the breaks. Yeah. yeah. Hey, 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 these hey. are the breaks. <laughs> There are times in our lives where we have a greater appreciation for each other's role. Ah, yeah, yeah. So diplomatic. Yes. Fair. So uh, one of the things that we talked about doing was uh, starting off our interviews by asking guests what their six-word memoir would be. And um, Harris came up with the idea. I thought it would be a great great way to uh, start... Um, our conversations because it takes a little, a little bit of, of thought to be able to to reduce your word or your story to six words. But um, so I'll go first um, since this is my interview. And what I came up with was fatherhood, comma or colon. Uh, I learned from the mold, M O L D mold. Nice. So uh, that's my six word memoir, fatherhood. I learned from the mold. And the mold kind of sets the blueprint for a start a journey and a destination sure and so i framed one of the questions on the start right we have grown up around men in our lives whether it was our father our uncles also drivers of life experience whether they're barbers or pastors um or friends but one uh, aspect of where we draw our strength from, which is not often really discussed, is who have we seen um, as fathers from such a very young age that have helped us really kind of frame uh, this idea of, of fathering? And one of the questions that I wanted to ask you, Dee, um, as a child, what father from television or pop culture uh, did you most connect with as a person and, and, and why? What were the characteristics of this person? Um, and, and what was the connection that drew you um, into either wanting to see more of this person or know more about this person? So this is one of the questions that I, I anticipated being asked, and I gave it a lot of thought. You know, because I didn't want to say the answer that I'm actually going to come up with. Um, the challenge that I had was that a lot of TV dads are the the, the clown of the show. Mm-hmm. You know, mom is typically the straight character. Every once in a while, the kids are um, are the foils, but dad tends to be the butt of the jokes. Mm-hmm. But the, the reality is, now Bill Cosby, Heathcliff. Huxtable was the TV dad that that I learned a lot from, and and I think the reason why is because 
he was what I refer to as a public dad. Mm-hmm. You know, he had his kids, but he was also the father that cockroach down the street, mm-hmm. or you know, the the girl who talked real fast who was friends with Vanessa. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he was always giving advice to everyone. You know, he was a public dad. He was a dad, not just behind closed doors, but out front. You know, if I'm gonna be honest, you know, he introduced me to colleges. Mm-hmm. You know, Hillman. Yeah, Hillman, and, Temple, yes. other black colleges, yes. just through his his wearing of sweatshirts. Yes, yeah, right. Wilberforce. Yeah, and I I liked the idea that even his subtle messages were about education, about learning, expanding yourself and thinking outside the box. And so as much as as much as I would like to come up with something creative mm-hmm. or, or another answer to reality is Heathcliff Huxtable was definitely was a TV dad that that I learned a lot from and that I I saw the most of that I wanted. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, can I just, can I can I add on to that really quick? Of course. So, in thinking about the Cosby Show, there are many episodes. Yeah. Is there a particular episode, or is there a particular quote that you can connect the show to to something that you've experienced in real life? Sure. So, it, it's not one particular episode, but this is something that they did a couple times. Mm-hmm. Um, the Cosby Show would have these family dances Mm -hmm. you know it might be them coming down the stairs doing a little bit of jazz um, or just like that time where it's not something scheduled it's not something that's that's choreographed I mean I'm sure for the show they choreographed it but like some of my favorite times with my daughter have been our dance parties Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. we're just putting on music and just having fun and I and one thing I can say um is I like the idea of being able to laugh at yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, we're teaching our kids that there's a lot serious going on. There's a lot of stuff that we need to be on point about. But there's also a lot of this world that we just need to be able to enjoy. Yeah. Yeah. And and they seemed on the Cosby show to have fun and to genuinely like that time. Mm-hmm. And as a kid, I remember thinking that would be really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Very nice. When um you were answering your question the first time you made a statement about um, Heathcliff being the community father. Sure. And um, that kind of made me think about the question that I had. Uh, I said, um, what do you believe? Nope, that's not it. As members of your village, this is um, B and I, um, you know, what are, what, expe- what expectations do you have of us? You know, I mean, Obviously, you think that obviously you believe that there's some importance of it being beyond you. You know, there are a lot of a lot of lessons to be taught. So, you know, we're building this brotherhood. Uh, what do you expect of us? I'm happy to share. So, I want to be the type of man that I want my daughter not to look for but I want I want her to be able to get expectations like you should be able to see a plan you should be able to be able to be around a man who can communicate who can show his feelings and I want her to see me interact with other men so that she can see hey these are 
these are men who are able to hug each other because they're happy they see each other. Mm -hmm. They're able to check in on each other, be it about their family or be it about their shoe game. You know, it doesn't have to be superficial. We don't have to just stay on the outside. You know, we can talk about what's going on. And I want I want her to be able to have men, particularly you guys as well, who she can one, see and interact with. And two, that if there's ever a question that, you know, I may not, she may not feel comfortable asking me, that, that there's a community mm-hmm. who, you know, she can talk to your sisters, I mean, to, to your daughters, she can talk to, um, she can just be around. You know, there's, there is safety. Um, that is a real issue. You know, I don't want my daughter around just anybody. Right. Um, I can't have her around anybody. So the idea that, that I know some guys who I believe to be safe and who I can be open and honest with, um, I think her being able to see men interact in a genuine way, mm-hmm. I, I think is real. It's interesting you say that because one of my friends literally made me a godfather of the child because of that Mm. saying you know i want you to be someone that they can um you know go to and by you saying that that actually it it it, uh what it says it um it threw me back threw me for a loop a little bit because it should be from the whole community Mm -hmm. right you know the the fact that um you know it's like all right you know maybe one or two people that's a little scary it is. I mean, the reality is we don't live in communities by and large. Maybe you can knock on the next door neighbor's door. Mm-hmm. Maybe the lady down the street will help. But we don't live in those communities where you can just ride your bike, your bike all the way up the yes, block. Miss Johnson at the corner will look oh, out for yeah. you. And Mr. Jenkins will make sure that your tires change yeah. if something's wrong. You know, whether that be good or bad, that's just not where we are right mm-hmm. now. Yeah. And so since we are curating these these friend groups and mm-hmm. go on play dates that are miles and miles away from yeah, the house. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's important that at least for me, as as I think about the people who I choose to be around, it's not just for my value, my benefit, it's also for my daughters. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Because, you know, what I hear you saying loosely um, is that there are the connections and the, the 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 humanistic side of fostering something that is bigger than us, right? That you want your your daughter to be able to uh, flourish in, and those all are skills, right? Those are all qualities that we want each one of us to possess for all of our kids. Which makes me then think of the next question, right? I know that uh, Harris is, is is fond of, of comics and. And I wanted to, to, to really think about what does the super dad look like, hmm. right? And so if you could take aspects of different qualities that you could then put together and say this is what a super dad could look like. And it doesn't necessarily have to be positive sure. because, as we know, something that could be perceived as positive could be perceived as negative if interpreted by your child in a different way. Right. And so I would just love to really hear from your perspective and your experience. What are some aspects that you would put into this pot, shake it up and say, this is what I feel a super dad would be. So if you allow me to go a little bit around 
um, the long way for this answer. I promise to answer the question. I, I listen. I thought you were going to say, I, "Let me allow me to reintroduce myself." <laughs> um, <laughs> so, I there was a time when I didn't know how to pray, mm-hmm. and hmm. then there was a time when I just wasn't comfortable praying because I figure I have things pretty good. What do I have the right to pray for? Mm. It, yeah, it, it was a whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, after some time and some thought and probably some prayer um, that I didn't even realize, I came up with five things that I pray for. Mm-hmm. Um, I pray for clarity so that I can see what God is showing me. I pray for discernment so that I can understand what I'm seeing. I pray for wisdom so that based on what I've seen, I can make the best decisions. I pray for courage so that I can act based on what I understand. And I learned this one later. I pray for, I pray for patience so that I can understand the right time mm. to act. It's good. So when you talk about those superhero qualities, it's exactly those five things as a father. You know, there's so many times when we see a circumstance and we react to it. Maybe we do the right thing. Maybe mm-hmm. we don't do the right thing. The heart is always in the right place, but that doesn't mean we, we nail the landing. Yeah. But so that, that superhero dad to me would, would, would have those five components, but would also have a sense of humor yeah. because you can't take yourself too seriously yeah. mm-hmm. and you're not going to nail that landing more often than you will but you have to be you have to be gentle enough mm-hmm. with yourself to give yourself the space to do a better next time and to understand that it's it's not about being perfect on this day yeah. but it's about being consistent and trying day after day yeah. after day mm-hmm. um, so that that would be my answer that's dope um, that's dope so sticking with the theme of superheroes, sure. Uh, you know, Superman. They used to say for the pursuit of was it life, liberty, and justice, or yeah, just life, right. liberty, and justice, or the pursuit of happiness, something like that. Yeah. If we were going to create a world uh, for our children uh, where they were truly free, okay, where where actually it's you know actually living the type of life where uh, what we consider free or maybe what we may envy from others that we think may be freer than us mm. um, you know what does it mean for you one to raise a free child um, like what does that even mean to you for for, for your daughter to have um, a mentality that's free where she can actually live in all her potential and then um you know, kind of what are your expectations? Again, I, I love these village questions um, to make that a reality as well. You know, the, the challenge and the paradox of this question is that many of the things that kind of shackle our children are our fears mm-hmm. as, as fathers. Um, well, not even as fathers, as parents. That's true. And so what does it mean for me to raise a free child it means to have a child that is that that has the tools and that has the ability to genuinely pursue her interests you know there's so many parents myself included that try to oh yeah that's great that's great that's great why don't you do it over here you know or yeah. or you know oh yeah but what about this? I would love to be able to just 
get my daughter the tools, wind her up, and then let her go in whatever natural direction she goes. Right? But then when it's time to go to college, if she wants to go to the circus, am I really willing to do that? Mm-hmm. You know, and that probably not, to be honest. Um, so, but what I do, I guess, um, what does it take, I guess, was the part two. Mm-hmm. A lot of self-checks, you know, are these values her values or are they your values? And are they valuable values or are they just stuff that you're stuck to? Right? Like if, if we're talking about college, do I want her to go? If I want her to go, why do I want her to go? And and what if she doesn't want to go to the school that I want her to go to that I've envisioned since before she was even here? So clearly it ain't about her. You know? Right. Am I willing to take a step back to say, hey, this is the person who I've been preparing for this journey. Am I going to let her actually go on it? Mm-hmm. You know, and am I going to be able to, you know, step in front of her mom? Because let's be clear, I'm only half of the half of the story here. Mm-hmm. You know, and while we say we want these things, what we really want is we want them how we want them. Mm-hmm. And so the ability to to check myself, the ability to check her mother, um, and be checked by her mother. Uh, and if I'm being honest, really let our daughter check us both mm-hmm. on those things. Because if we are talking about her freedom, then what we're talking about is her ability to manifest. So she will have to play a huge role in that. And am I willing to take that step back when it's time? Which is almost stealing my next question. Okay. Um, I'm going to ask it, but I actually think that you've answered it. But you also did a great segue into the question I was going to have after this one, which the the first question was, what are the blind spots you feel, um, you know, may um, become a challenge raising a black girl? But then the other question I was going to ask that you somewhat asked that uh, was as a co-parent, how does the alignment with the values that you feel are grounded in whatever it may be in that real time for the long-term outcome when it doesn't align with that of um, your 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 partner and because you guys are partners in, in raising sure. um, your daughter so however you see fit to, to answer the question um so i'm gonna take the blind spot question first okay it's easier okay 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 <laughs> um the reality, the reality is everything is a potential blind spot because I didn't grow up as a girl. Even when I grew up, it was 30, 40 years ago. Mm-hmm. So I've never grown up in this time. When I grew up, I grew up in California. This is D.C. There's a whole different mix. My kid knows more about the president of the United States today than I probably knew for another eight years mm-hmm. in, in my life um, at that time. So... What, I'm always trying to check in my blind spots. Um, hair is a real issue. Mm-hmm. You know, as much as I've... I try to be progressive on hair by it not mattering. Mm-hmm. That doesn't work. Because there are seven other billion people on this planet to whom, on some level, in some regard, it seems to matter. Mm-hmm. And so, I was as happy as you could be when uh, Miss South Africa won Miss Universe mm-hmm. showed my daughter the video 
And my daughter's response was, is she wearing bronzer? It's on a level that I don't understand, gentlemen. So, um, so knowing that I'm not going to know the answers, mm-hmm. knowing to check in my blind spot, just like when you're driving, yeah. you know, you just got to constantly check. It's got to be part of your part of your walk. Um, so as it pertains to co-parenting, I read something that said if a flight to D.C. takes off from L.A. and is 15 degrees off, you wouldn't even be able to tell on the runway. Mm-hmm. But over the course of time, that's the difference between landing in New York instead of landing in D.C. Mm-hmm. We're not going to be aligned, me and her mother. We're just not. Mm-hmm. And the expectation that we will is is foolhardy. However, what we what I can do is trust that on the big ticket items mm-hmm. that there is consistency yeah not even alignment right because even though we are both we both believe the kid needs dinner yeah how that how that how that dinner is arrived at can be different yeah you know she might cook one day i might go through a drive through the next day yes yeah. next day i might be be cooking and they might be making sandwiches you know and that's not to diss anybody that's to say this whole parenting thing looks different on a given day yeah um so what we try to do or me specifically what I try to do is make my expectations clear and try to understand Ella's mother's expectations clearly and give her wide berth and space to execute however they're going to execute and then check back in you know um, if our kid has the flu for example that's one of those issues where there's less space, mm-hmm. right? You can't be about homeopathic remedies and I'm about, you know, let's yeah. take this Tylenol every six hours. Yeah. So make sure that we're, we're tight on that. But if we're talking about her approach to reading and they want to read out loud together and I think quiet time is best, that's fine. You know, there, there will be those differences and, and that is okay. That mm-hmm. actually, I think, has a potential to be really beneficial. Yeah. Um, but when we need to dial in when something's, particularly in crisis mode, we, we do very well. Mm-hmm. You know, if there's something wrong, um, there have been times when, hey, kid got hurt, I'm headed to the ER, this is where we're going, meet me there. If you can't meet me there, every 45 minutes I'll send you an update. Even if that means I got to step out of the ER to go outside the parking lot to send the mom the update. You know, and vice versa, she would do that for me. So knowing that when when everything is on the line, that that foundational alignment is there, it gives me peace of mind to know that in those day-to-day things where what's appropriate from my perspective and what's appropriate from her mother's perspective is when we're talking about something to wear to church it's not going to be the same mm-hmm. you know hairstyles that I think are cool for an 8 year old hairstyles that her mother thinks are cool for an 8 year old we're never going to see eye to eye but as long as we're together on those on those um, big ticket items big ticket items then, then we can we can move and being to, being in alignment on those big ticket items gives each other confidence that you know she has this absolutely yeah. and you know she knows she can lead the country and do what she needs to do and mm-hmm. know that her daughter is still going to have all the parts and pieces she that she left back. with yeah. when she comes back Cool. For those just joining us, um, we're doing our origin stories. This is part one. Harris and Brian are interviewing me, and um, 
yeah, check us out. Rider. Mm. And it is awesome. Uh, my mother ripped it off completely when I was growing up and she would give me little pieces of advice. Um, one of them I've already shared in this conversation is learn how to be gentle of yourself, mm-hmm. gentle with yourself. And it talks about being a child of the universe, staying away from people who are too loud. Um, it's just full of great advice. It's called the Desiderata by Earlman, I believe is the gentleman's last name. Nice. Nice. Go check that out. I mean, uh, the, the journey, right? Yeah. Because where you were in real time when that poem came mm. and to look at it now as an adult but also as a father and to make the connections is the beauty of this journey called fathering yeah. right because what it meant then and what it means now is how we look at fathering sometimes and how we saw our parents how we see television parents also has played into how we look at the steps that we want to take. So one of the last questions that I want to ask um, in, in making the connection to the question that Harris also um, just asked is how has your childhood framed how you look at parenting today? There are experiences where there was that poem, whether it was growing up on the West Coast to where you are now into taking pieces and ingredients from that past into how you look and shape your daughter's future. So, I think it's important to note that I was, I grew up as an only child and in a single parent household. It was just me and my mom. I had brothers and sisters from my father, but I only saw them a handful of times growing up. So I, I grew up as an only child and that experience, it wasn't a lonely experience. Uh, one of the benefits from that experience is that I learned, I didn't learn gender roles, right? Women take out the trash, men take out the trash, everybody does dishes. Love, nurturing, security, support, it all comes from everybody. Because if you only have one parent, then that's the way it works. And so, while ideally, I would be the first to say that an ideal environment is a loving household with more than one parent, mm-hmm. right? Because it's hard. And when Harris takes a, a header down a flight of steps, he needs to be able to tag into a partner, right. um, <laughs> you know, because that's just real. Because yeah. parenting, fatherhood is a full contact sport. Yeah. Um, no pun intended. Right. And so... I have more respect for my mother now that I'm Mm -hmm. a father than I ever could have because Mm -hmm. I didn't understand how much it took from her all the time. Like I said, um, I think before we were recording, one of the things that gives me a a lot of refuge as a co-parent is that half of the week I don't have my daughter. Mm -hmm. And I don't I don't even care how that sounds because that's valuable time because that's the time yeah. when I'm preparing. Yeah, absolutely. To to be a father, that's the time when I when I am doing restorative practices. Be they going to sleep early or spending time with you guys, just because my batteries need to be recharged. Yeah. And so uh, I don't know, I don't know how my mother did it because I didn't see her get that restorative time, and I and I don't. 
I don't think we appreciate how important that is, even in a two-parent household. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's key to have whatever those practices or things or that sacred time or that sacred place even where you can just get a moment. Um, so going back to the question from my childhood, seeing seeing parenting from the perspective of a child where everything came from one direction, when I became a father there was nothing I didn't think I could do. Mm-hmm. You know, there was no conversation that I've ever felt ill-equipped to have with my child. There's not a set of circumstances that as the father of a daughter that I'm not looking forward to. I'm okay with it, you know, because her heart will be broken. There, I, She's probably going to kiss a boy at some point in time. Like, all that's okay. And I don't have a desire to stop her from living a life, I hope that I can help her and along with her mother help her develop the tools so that she can live that life to the fullest and make great decisions and even and learn from those bad ones and hopefully minimize those bad ones. But um, yeah, I mean, my childhood underscored that all of the love, all of the security, all of the, the nurturing that a child needs can come from any parent. Uh-huh. That's true. I think... I think that pretty much sums it up, man. Amen. That was um I really appreciate just your your honesty. I mean, there's no question, sure. but um this is some vulnerable stuff. Yeah, absolutely. You know. Um and it's some tricky stuff too. Yeah. It's very oh, yeah. tricky. Yeah. Yeah. I mean because we can play this interview ten years from now and there will be some things that will be the same. And there will be some things that will be different. But the beauty of it is that as we are going on this journey, we're also figuring it out. Invariably, there'll be something that happens in this coming week that I thought I had a handle on. Absolutely. (laughs) That is going to be very evident that I still got more work to do. Absolutely. I mean, I I think that... You're not gonna you're not gonna stick the landing. Mm-hmm. You know, make peace with that. Um, I pulled up the the poem, the Desiderata. I just wanted to share one little part. Um, it says, "Speak your truth quietly and clearly, and listen to others, even the dull and ignorant. They too have their story." Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things that my mother mm-hmm. always said is, "Just speak your truth." Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have to yell, you don't have to scream, you don't have to be redundant. Speak your truth quietly and confidently. I hope. That that's one of the things that I can pass on to my daughter. That that she always feels the freedom to use the word that you asked uh, Harris to be able to speak her truth and to feel confident in it. And, and I hope that I am man enough, father enough, and and human enough to hear her when she does. So this is this is one of three absolutely origin stories, and they're important. So dads, just always remember that you have a story to tell, and it's worth telling. Absolutely. Thank you, fellas, for um, for asking these questions, for um, being willing to, to open up on, on future interviews yourself so that we can continue to uh, give the listeners a better understanding of who we are as we continue to explore the DNA of healthy fathering. Indeed. Peace out. Peace. 100. Thank you.